0: Hey, what's up? It's The Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante, Kyle Tosk. The squad is all here. We are. Big day tomorrow for Illinois basketball for two reasons. Now, we'll get into to both of those. And, and on one side, I don't know that we're going to learn a ton. Another side of it, Illinois trying to bounce back after their loss at home on Sunday against Maryland. They go on the road to Ann Arbor. I know the team will leave this afternoon. may be already in route. I know they had... Media this morning, or late morning, about eleven o'clock, and then practice, and then they were planning to hit the road shortly afterwards. Get up to Michigan, and then gear up for tomorrow night's clash against the Wolverines. Michigan coming off a win against Ohio State on Monday. They had dropped their previous five games, wow. so uh, a team that hasn't been having a great season. They're below five hundred on the year, but they have some talent. We I know we touched on that yesterday, and Doug McDaniel. His ability to play in home games is a lot different than catching the Wolverines on the road, which is still just a, it's a weird thing. It is. Very weird dynamic. <laughs> but uh, they want to make sure that he's going to class, as, as I understand it. So must not be officially like ineligible by the NCAA standards or anything, but uh, at least in academic standing that's in jeopardy. So they're saying, all right, you're going to – playing home games, days you can go to class, you're not going to go on the road because you'd miss class and, and whatnot. So uh, they've got that going for them at home, and it did play to their advantage against the Buckeyes sure. on Monday, and Illinois, you know, anytime you go on the road, we learned that uh, again last <laughs> night, I wouldn't say learn it, we sh- it was rein- reinforced last night, it was funny, we'll, we'll start with this and then we'll go into the other side of, of Illinois and, and Terrence Shannon Jr., but... I was texting with my buddies as the show was ending yesterday and just like, what do you expect tonight in the Big Ten? You got Purdue on the road at Indiana. I was like, ah, you know, I I think it'll be maybe closer than the spread says. I was wrong on that. It was about a 10-point spread, and they beat him by 21. Zach Eadie goes for like 33 and uh, a number of rebounds. I I have the total in front of me. It was uh, 33 and 14 for him. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer goes for 19, Lance Jones 17, and – Indiana just got thumped on their home floor. Yeah. But uh, on the later side, you had Wisconsin go to Penn State. And I said, well, there's really no, <laughs> there's really nothing that comes to mind on why Wisconsin should lose that game. So, of course, they will lose that game. Of course. And uh, they did. They lost in state college, and Penn State fans stormed the court. And Ace Baldwin and, and Kanye Clary had big games uh, for Penn State. So, uh, the top spot in the Big Ten, now has an L. Uh, it was Wisconsin on their own at 5-0. and nice. o. They're now 5-1, and one, still in first place by themselves. But I know Illini fans and anybody else that has hopes of winning a Big Ten title, of course, it's probably Illinois and Purdue mostly at this point, um, they're probably pretty happy with what transpired out east last night.
1: It is amazing how it never shocks me anymore of a team winning at home. And I don't care where that team is in the standings and where the other team is. And that's just amazing to me. And, you know, Wisconsin, they're just one of those teams that is, like, unbeatable at their house, it just seems like. It seems like everything drops, every shot goes in, they get on rolls, they've got great crowds at Kohl's Center, we know that. But The whistles
0: at Cole Center are usually yep, favorable. they I yes know that's been are. said
1: through the years. <laughs> but you watch that Penn State team, and you can see why they would have the ability when you look at – you know, we always talk about how important guards are to teams and when you look at Baldwin and Clary and 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 understand how Clary can just make tough shots. I mean, even against Purdue, when they they lost to Purdue the previous game, I think he scored in double figures and they were on him at all times, I mean, up and down the court, but he can get his shot. He does that little step back 3 that you see so often in the NBA and such and um and he it's does really it, quick. He does it extremely well and he's quick with it. And he's a lefty and they always shoot well. So between he and Baldwin, you could understand why if those guys get on a roll, they can be a team that could absolutely pull an upset. And, you know, Wisconsin, where whereas they're good, don't get me wrong. And I and I think they'll be in it in the end. I don't know that they're the, the kind of team that's going to explode. So I think you're always I think they'll, especially on the road, leave you in a game a little bit. And then Purdue, I mean, my goodness, they are – I think we woke them up, it seems like. Not that they well, were – so did Nebraska. Well, so did Nebraska, yeah. Not that, not that they were asleep by any means, but they played really well against Illinois, and, and now they just – they're just rolling. I, I don't know how that team doesn't make a Final Four. When you, when you understand what they have around Edie, which isn't world-class – But you got guys like Mason Gillis that can drop threes, Lance Jones can get on a serious roll. Those two guards, Lawyer and uh, I'm forgetting the name, Braden Smith. Braden Smith are playing a lot better. I think they both learned something last season, obviously, and understand from that. And then of course the young man that hammered Illinois, I can't think of his name. He had the big game. Trey Kaufman wren That's it. Yep. So he's he's. Who you called, Kylo
0: Ren? (laughs)
1: You know, I have my own names for these kids. You know, that's it's kind of a. It's kind that's of not a made talk.
0: up one. That's just a Star Wars. Yeah,
1: that's just kind of a father reference. thing that I do. I make up my own names for the kids. So, but I mean, that team is loaded with strength, defense, shooting ability, and then oh by the way, you got the best guy in college basketball, who is unique because he is anything that nobody else is, and seven four, and can stretch omatic and. I, did, I don't know. I, like, I will be shocked if Purdue's not in the Final Four. And I know that's a team. I would have said that last year right now. And, of course, they they get beat the first round. Mm-hmm. But I totally see a Virginia out of this team. Maybe not all the way to the championship, but I see them getting to a Final Four. Wisconsin is a team that I see is just a nagging Wisconsin Badger squad. But they're good. They, play, they go eight deep, nine deep. And I can't ever say his name, the young man that played – with, not with, but against Luke Goody. Essen
0: Connor season.
1: See, we'd be a good like game show where I would start the word and you would finish it. That'd be awesome. Uh, but look, when when he comes in and he's hitting and he's getting healthy. I think Wisconsin's a team to be reckoned with, but they're not at Purdue's level.
0: Yeah, and on that note, he didn't hit last night. Only played no. seven minutes, missed both of his three-point attempts. Speaking of not making them, and something that's different at home, the bank's always open in Madison. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bank shot himself. Chucky Hepburn went 0 for, uh in terms of his scoring. Wow. He was scoreless in 37 minutes, so that hurt the Badgers last night, in particular in a matchup where Ace Baldwin has one of his better offensive games. He's been up and down. I know that's a name that a lot of fans are familiar with. It was a point guard that Illinois was pretty interested in, yep. ultimately follows Mike Rhodes from VCU to Penn State, but a good defender. He was the defensive player of the year in the A-10 last year, and a pretty good offensive guy as well. Just his shooting hasn't, it's never been his strength, and right. he's had games where he hasn't hit from three, but he was hitting last night. and. Clary off the dribble uh, being able to go to the rack and, and make shots that was uh, a big thing and, and yeah it, it it still applies people can talk about and I think for good reason the Big Ten being down and usually though that's applied here the last couple of years and that the top end isn't as strong as it usually is now the bubble is the the bubble range also is is dicey because a team like Iowa who you'd normally expect okay you know they've They lost some guys, but they'll still figure a way to be a tournament team. Right now, they're on the wrong side of it. Ohio State even has been a top five, six team in the Big Ten. Now, I was looking at Lenardi's bracketology right before the show. They're on the last four in group, so they still have a lot of work to do. We'll find out what Nebraska, a team that's currently projected to be in the field, how they finish out. Minnesota's making a little bit of noise, but probably on the wrong side of it. And then to, to tie it back to... Purdue and in Indiana. Indiana has work to do for yes. sure, and that was a game that they obviously could have used. But uh, Don't the,
1: worry about Minnesota. Yeah, I won't. They'll, they'll prove their Minnesota worth. Yeah, they'll find a way to, <laughs> to be out. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll just show their true colors. They'll sink like a like an anchor here. No doubt. So, I mean, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, good for Illinois in that you know, you're probably down in the dumps about the Maryland game, which you still should be. Sure. But that the team at the top took a loss that they shouldn't have taken uh, at least as far as on paper goes and how they probably looked at it going into state college so that helps and leaves the door open that hey Wisconsin's not going to run away from this thing and finish maybe 18 and 2 which would right. would be just something that we haven't seen I don't even know the last time a team went like 17 and 3 or anything yeah. it's usually you know four or five losses uh, you can you can bake into the the winner of the league so I, I still feel like it it's probably that 15-5 and five mark if Illinois wants to, to be in that mix and whatnot. Uh, I, I do want to hit on what you said with Purdue, though, because we spent a lot of time last year having the the doubt and the – we're like, okay, this is a really, really good regular season team, a team that in the Big Ten is going to be hard for anyone to catch, which it was. But the idea that they were a national title contender, a squad that was going to be earmarked for the – deep in the second weekend, if not the final four. We, we had skepticism about that, and obviously we were correct on that. I want to get Kyle's thoughts on this too. I'm in agreement with you that I expect him to go far because I think the young guards have taken a step forward. I think Lance Jones is a nice piece that brings some athleticism, and, and obviously when he's going, he can make shots. Right. They have depth. But I, I think there will also be this lingering feeling. We talked about it yesterday in the NFL – like the Cowboys. Like, okay, they can have a great regular season, but there's just that expectation that they'll they'll fall flat, that they'll I understand they won't that. reach the level they're supposed to reach because Purdue's a program that hasn't gotten to the final four in forever. Gene Cady never made it there. And of late, Matt Painter's teams have lost games they shouldn't lose. North Texas, then they lost to um who was that? St. Peter's in the sweet sixteen when they had a the one seed in that range in that region bowed out. Wow. I can't remember it off the top of my head now. Uh, where it was like, okay, you you have a nice path if you beat St. Peter's and then you're able to to get into the elite eight and go to the final four. But that is and, strange. And then last year, FDU, of course. So, Kyle, what do you think on on Purdue? Uh, I know you've been down on Indiana from the forefront. That was a good call on you, at mm-hmm. least as it stands right now. But what did you see last night from the Boilers? And and where do you stand on? their ability to make this a a lot different
2: march for Painter and company. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a better Purdue team than last year pretty easily. I think Edie's gotten better from even when he was dominant last year, and the guards have gotten way better. Like, towards the end of last year heading into the tournament, I think that was where you saw the warning signs was Smith and Lawyer just hit a wall and just weren't, weren't playing well, and Smith was turning over all the time. He had like eight in that FDU game. Lawyer was afraid to shoot. Now I just – I think that with another year for those guys, and now you add a piece like Lance Jones, mm. who I think has fit in really well. He can just knock shots down and really good defender. I I don't see them losing before, like, the Elite Eight. I just think they're too good for that. Now I don't – I still do have that hesitation of can this team really win a national title? I mean, they absolutely can. They have the best player in the country and are probably the number one team. But I, I still – like. When the bracket comes out and they're probably the number one overall seed, I'm still – I just don't know if I can pick them to win six straight. I think there's just something to – like you get out of the Big Ten and you're playing through a big guy and you see some better athletes with those guards and feel like they're, they're just bound to slip up at some point. But I don't think it's going to be to an eight seed or a 16 seed this year. I think they're way better than that.
0: Yeah, and I think that Illinois in that game, obviously getting down big early, showed that when they took Ty Rogers off the court and did not play Dane Danger, and making that Purdue team, in particular Zach Eady, defend in space, they got sliced and diced. Like Having the ability to open up the lane and, and put Zach in some tough situations where he's not just standing there around the rim to make driving lanes tough and whatnot, that's still something that I think teams can present to them. And last year, FDU did it in a different way than maybe some would try, you know. After you said we're going to full court press you every possession and just make it really difficult to even cross half court, let alone get into your offense and feed Edie. But if teams will dare Purdue to beat them with their other guys, double Edie and make his catches hard, and then have those other guards get the bulk of their scoring, if not you know spot up from three. But although to their credit, they're a lot better shooting team. To this point this year from the outside than they were last year, so uh, as we move along, I do want to mention the updated Kempom projections in the Big Ten. And I already know them, I know you do. Oh, no, oh, oh, everybody I else you were just updating me. Okay, yeah, oh, you know. okay, my fault. Uh, Purdue 15 and 5 is the projection, Wisconsin fell down to 14 and 6, Illinois 13 and 7. Okay. And you got a bunch of 11 and 9 with Northwestern, Nebraska. Michigan State, Iowa at 10 and 10 is their projection, and then uh, everybody else is uh, down in the below 500 range. Quick trivia, though. Oh. I don't impressive. know tri- trivia. <laughs> yeah. Who's uh, <laughs> currently projected at the worst record in the Big Ten? I put this out to both of you. Now, Lon probably knows because he read this while drinking his coffee this Absolutely, morning. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I- just for fun, play along, Lon. Maybe give a guess. So funny
1: that. that I, A, don't drink coffee, nor, B, <laughs> do I look at Ken Palm, ever. Ohio State.
0: Uh, not Ohio State, no.
1: <laughs> that was too – I was trying to take a team that you wouldn't – like, you're only asking this because – it'd be Michigan. I'm not necessarily saying it's a surprise. I'm just oh.
0: wondering if you can name it. Uh, Rutgers? It is Rutgers. Rutgers, okay. Six 6-14. Wow. Right above that would be Penn State and Michigan, 7-13. and
1: 13. And then they get the second and third best player in the country in high school next year. Right. For Rutgers. That's, you know, funny how that works. That is funny how that works. One thing I did do to go back to Purdue real quick mm-hmm. – I never do this, but I looked ahead at where the sites are for the NCAA tournament because sometimes that can make a difference if, you know, like Illinois' run in 05, where they just basically were all around here, you know, Chicago, Indy, St. Louis. So I was, it was Indy, Chicago, St. Louis to yep. get it right. Um, they would start in Indy, Purdue. I, I believe they would start in Indy at the Field Fieldhouse, and then the Midwest Regional would be in Detroit. So that wouldn't necessarily be. Uh, a huge advantage for them in terms of uh, being in Detroit but I thought you know I'll look to see kind of where they're at because the east is in Boston Boston do you automatically say that like I'm I'm the Sal the cousin from Boston uh the south is in Dallas Midwest in Detroit and the west in LA so it doesn't really go much further than that when it comes to that one other thing I looked at Kent or not Ken Palm but uh bracketology which I always laugh at but it's fun to kind of follow along. Mm-hmm. If this faced Illinois, if this was the actual bracketology on March that came out, we or Illinois would be in the South in the Dallas uh, regional as the four seed, with the five being Dayton. Now, I don't know. Maybe they're good. I'm sure they are if there are five. The one seed being North Carolina. I'd be fine with that tussle. I would be fine with that. And then down below, you got Houston at two. That scares me. Florida Atlantic at six, Auburn at three, but
0: I don't know. And they, of course, that being Joe Lenardi playing to the Storylines matchup, Illinois against Akron. Yep. John Gross and company. I haven't watched the the zips this year.
1: And a chance to run into Drake maybe in in round two. That that potential 12-5 upset of Dayton with Drake. But I would be absolutely fine with even facing – John Gross if I got a shot at Carolina. I yeah. Of all the ones I mean you got Kansas. I know we can play with Kansas but Kansas, UConn, and Purdue. I, I'd be fine with Carolina there. Not that they wouldn't beat you but. Yeah.
0: I think Baycott would be a ch- big challenge for he Coleman. He would be. Obviously coming off a game we saw Julian Reese do work inside. Yeah. They would try to feel, feed Baycott and, and make that advantage work for them at the offensive end and uh, he's not as like lumbering and, and slow-footed as some other bigs right. out there, but still Coleman on the perimeter. To make that dynamic really work, you got to have Coleman making shots from the outside to, to have that balance out. But uh, whenever you're talking a one seed, you're going to talk about a really good team. I'm, I'm with you. I'd rather see probably Carolina than UConn is the another one in the East. You're not probably going to match up with, with Purdue in their no, region. They try no. to avoid a lot of those. And, and
2: Kansas, familiar opponent, because you've already faced them. Yeah. I'd, I'd be... I Here think I want a rematch. Yeah, most. I agree with that. Let's send Hunter Dickinson out with one more Ooh. loss. Illinois, <laughs> yeah. although McCuller, if Illinois is not having Terrence right. Shannon at their
0: disposal, would probably be looking forward to that rematch. Yeah, Kansas oh, does no look kind of shaky
2: this year. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, but man, they always figure yeah, it out. Yeah, in the tournament, they seem to always figure real it out.
2: Real quick, real quick, before maybe let's uh, let's
0: let's tease the Shannon conversation, okay. but. uh have you guys – did Linardi not get the memo from Trevor and our, our buddies over at Field of 68 that Illinois is like a, a bubble team or a fringe tournament team? my goodness. Have you seen some of that stuff? Was that Goodman that said that? Well, so Tyler Hansborough has come out. He said it after the Purdue game. He okay. said that Illinois looks to him like a fringe tournament team, and that <laughs> kind of exploded. And okay. He took a lot of heat uh, for that. But Goodman did a podcast this week with Robbie Hummel, and he said that I should have pulled the audio so we could play exactly what he said and then Hummel's response. But his argument was that if Shannon does not return, his quote unquote hot take is that Illinois will be maybe a potential bubble team. Okay. And part of what he brought to the table is an interesting conversation. I brought it up to Kyle yesterday off the air. What he pointed at now, right now, like it, it's laughable that idea because right. Illinois currently projected as a four seed. You look at their. Their metrics like Ken Palm, they're like top twelve to fifteen in the country. They're sixteenth in the net. Like they don't, they have one bad loss. They have a a quad three loss at home to Maryland, but they do have a nice win against FAU. Looked nicer a month ago before they lost to Charlotte and uh, I forgot who else they they dropped one to. But what I what I'm. Getting to is that he presented the idea that if if Shannon is if there's finality in the Shannon mm-hmm. will he come back or won't he and it's that he won't would the tournament committee heavily weight what they've
1: done post Shannon ah. and not as much consider what they did before him ah, that's fair I understand that point. I mean, I I would jump down Goodman any day, you know. I mean, I just I I, I just I, I think you know he's the guy that likes to say things, but um, yeah, I mean that's a fair that's a fair point. I just think the Big Ten is so winnable. I don't mean the conference, but a lot of games in the Big Ten are so winnable. I mean, first of all, you yes, yeah, you lost at home to Maryland, but this is a Maryland team that for some reason even with Shannon last year and with some really good teams the last. Twelve games for some reason has just had your number So I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if you can put a a, a reasoning to it. It just is. It, it is what it is. I mean, you looked great against a Northwestern team where you beat by like thirty, and that's a good Northwestern team, granted at home. And then where am I forgetting? There was another game in between that Illinois you beat Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah, at home, which was a dogfight, fight. But I think Michigan State played fairly well that game, kind of similar to, to Maryland. So. I just think there's going to be games. I mean, you still got Rutgers at all. I just don't think Illinois is going to fall into some free fall loss wise that the committee is going to look at and say, "Okay, you guys were a game under 500 after Shannon was gone, and so now you're in trouble." I just, I, I just don't see that. And that's about what you'd have to be to be on a bubble, wouldn't you? What are, you, what are you, twelve and four?
0: Yeah, twelve and four. Yep. So
1: if if you if you just went. 500 in the conference you're going to end up what 18 and 10 which I guess would put you kind of in that I just don't see Illinois going 500 the rest of this conference play maybe I'm wrong Kyle what, what, do you see that I, I just know
2: this conference is too bad that's and what this I Illinois think Illinois team still has too much talent to lose enough to fall out of the tournament picture I, I guess it'll just depend on if they take two three more bad losses to some True. Of these bottom True. teams that the net doesn't like then maybe it Becomes more of a conversation, but I don't I don't see that. I
1: think Maryland starts going up. I don't think that's a quad three when, it, when it's said and done. You'd hope so. I, I don't think it will be. If nothing else, a quad they're, two. Maybe.
0: They're currently 97 in the net. They'll need to be top 75 to, for that to not be a quad okay. three. So it's possible, and it's a team that has talent for sure. Yeah. Uh, won't want to follow that up with a loss at Michigan. Michigan 88th in the net. That'd be a quad two since it's on the road, especially when you look at games you should win at home. That's where Illinois needs to really make a... They're going to play, as far as their upcoming home games, they have Rutgers this weekend. That's a quad three game. The following weekend, they have Indiana, quad three game. Uh, They'll play Nebraska at home. Uh, That's a quad two. And then they'll play Michigan into February at home. That's a quad three. So Really, unfortunately, as it is with the way the Big Ten has fared so far, you really only
1: have... You have a lot more to lose than you have to gain by winning those games. That's fair. I was just uh, – yeah, no, you're right. And and I was just looking at Maryland's schedule. They go at Northwestern, Michigan State at home, at Iowa, Nebraska at home, at Michigan State. I mean, that's a pretty good – that's a tough stretch there for five. So It'll be
0: interesting what they do tonight. Maybe Wisconsin. I should take that back. I but, don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs>
1: I think they're better than what they've shown. I do
0: too. It, it does hurt that they're still – the point still stands. They're one of the worst shooting teams out there. Mm-hmm. But. hmm if Jameer Young plays that way, and same with Julian Reese, they're, oh, they'll be tough to beat. Really tough to beat.
1: I don't, I mean, I guess Northwestern can lock horns a little better, maybe strength wise, with their big man than uh, than Coleman did with Reese. But I don't know. I can see Maryland getting out and going there. So I, that'll be interesting. That's a good game tonight, eight o'clock. Yeah. It'll be a good game to watch. And I think, kind of,
0: to, to put a final thought on what we were just talking about, it, it's easy to say a team you know is is on the bubble or maybe isn't a tournament team but then you look at the bubble like you look at the teams that are on the fringe of making it or not then it's where it's like okay is illinois in a, as bad of a position as some of these teams like gonzaga right now projected is out colorado mm-hmm. out providence out cincinnati uh i just feel like right now it's it's far too soon based on one loss to say that would agree Illinois. and I'm not saying that Jeff Goodman is saying as of today Illinois should be out <laughs> I guess maybe he's just putting the concern out there if Illinois is now going to be in a situation where they're not as steady as they previously showed without Shannon sure. that things could change as far as their resume and, and that they would be looked at a certain way if Shannon is, is just completely gone in terms of his return potential which is interesting I don't there's no firm like framework on that there's mm-hmm. no like there's nothing out there on what the committee says they absolutely will do in terms of a guy is say hurt in the middle of the year and he's gone and now you gotta re you gotta evaluate how that team projects based on who they currently are versus who they were at a different point and it, it kind of would be a, a fascinating conversation
1: so uh, on the heels of that oh I'll also say that Jeff Goodman's not stupid he understands that well, the yeah. Illinois fan base oh, is yeah. like the third noisiest fan base <laughs> in, in college basketball. He knows that anything he says like that is going to get reaction crazy. Yeah. He's not dumb. I know. He's selling I know things. Yeah, I mean, you sure. know, I, I, and I respect Jeff Goodman. I, yeah, respect I like him. Jeff I, I just can't see a t- the 10th ranked, and I know that means nothing necessarily, but it does show you where the rest of the world projects your team right now. I just can't see the 10th ranked team in the country on January whatever it is 17 14 a, now 14 but. yeah all of a sudden being a uh an app well no today I mean
0: I'm saying I'm saying the 14th ranked
1: team oh oh 14th yeah, yeah you're right I just can't see them all of a sudden being some bubble team that's going to play a first end game in Dayton yeah or do they still do that in Dayton yeah, yeah I think so yes, yeah why are yeah, like
0: Piper you don't know your days you're like three days behind. <laughs> I was
1: like wow it, it is a leap year but I, you're really, you're way <laughs> off man <Yeah. laughs>
0: If you want to win, you can. 217 359 2255 on the U of I Atlanta League text line. As we go along, you'll hear from Brad Underwood, who spoke to the media today about the Michigan matchup and bouncing back after the disappointing performance against the Terps. You'll also hear some Cardinals caravan content. Lon and I got a chance to catch up with the voices of the Cardinals. That's awesome. I did an interview with Chip Carey. I can't wait to hear that. That was a, a, a treat to do, a, a guy that I respect a lot in the media profession. And then uh, also a guy that does a really good job, Brad Thompson, that yeah. Lon spoke to, someone that, of course, is on the broadcast for TV but also has a radio show there in, in, in St. Louis as well. So
1: I asked him the question, you added three starters. I like mm. the three starters, the Gibson, the Lynn, and the Gray, but I said they're all coming off, they're all older, they're all coming off a season in which they threw major innings. Yep. And I asked him how much that worries him. He gave a good answer. That's on a good that. question. So, all right. So let's call a that. tease. That's a good tease. How about Chip? You got any teases on Chip? Oh man, <laughs> just great stories. <laughs> I put you up against it there. He had. a it's a guy that his grandfather's
0: Carey. Uh grandson. His his dad Skip Carey did broadcast for a
1: long time in Atlanta. Wow. He's got two sons, right? That are. Um, I heard Stevie mention this. Uh, that he's got two sons that are doing like double-A baseball now. So, yeah. there would be a fourth generation maybe of carries in Major League Baseball soon.
0: He's just got a good story. So, I, I dug into that nice and then his guy. thoughts on this year's team and Jordan Walker because I, of course, interviewed him as well. You heard that last week. If you mm, haven't, that was awesome. podcast that at StevieJ.com, Stevie com. Coming up next, though, let's talk about the will-he-or-won't-he-return dynamic with Terrence Shannon Jr. He's got a court hearing tomorrow. That's his first court appearance in the criminal side uh, of the case there in Kansas. I don't know if he'll be. I'm imagining since he's not playing a basketball game, he 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 would have every reason to be there along with his legal team. So we'll talk about that and also a new development in the case as well that Uh, came out within the last day or two so we'll hit on that again 217-359-2255 on the u of i line on link text line if you want to weigh in we'll be back this is the drive
3: when it comes to finding a reliable vehicle look no further than sarah champagne your trusted automotive destination they carry a lineup of top brands including honda bmw subaru gmc and Buick, and they're not just about cars they're about people their team is dedicated to providing you with trustworthy service and dependable vehicles that fit your lifestyle experience the difference at sarah champagne visit sarah s-e-r-r-a champagne.com
1: when ross went out i always told him be careful and that was the last time i got to see
2: because someone didn't slow down and move over Ross had on a bright orange shirt with reflective stripes the night he was killed. He always had that smile. He just lit up the room when he came in. Slow down and move over. When you see flashing lights, everybody is somebody, somebody.
0: When you see lights flashing, use caution passing. Let's all go home safe tonight.
1: Are you one of those guys out there, tenting windows day in and day out, all different shades of black and ready to put a little color in your life? Come work for us. At Aftershock, we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping, whether it be window tinting, vinyl wrapping, anything of that sort, or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do. You know those wraps with Troy Lands on the back waving at you? That's our work. Call us,
3: 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at AftershockDD.com. We want you. You've heard about the doggy bag, right? From Bulldog Disposal, Mohammed, a six-cubic-yard canvas bag that can be used for easy cleanup instead of a big dumpster. The one-time-use bag is now available, and you can save the delivery charge. Get the doggy bag at Do It Best Hardware in Champaign at 107 West Springfield. So fill up the bag, call Bulldog Disposal, have it disposed of, and you'll be organized. Go to BulldoggyBag.com for all the details. That's BulldoggyBag.com. Are you tired of shivering in the winter? Look no further than your local heroes at ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. Hi, this is Gina inviting you to give us a call at 217-352-5400 to book your appointment to make sure your furnace is run safely and efficiently this winter. We've been proudly locally owned and operated and have been serving our community for over 50 years. ABC, always be comfortable. Call me, 217-352-5400 to book your appointment today or go to abcheatingandac.com. Thank you for choosing two men in a truck. How may I help you?
2: Hi, I have a strange question. What happens if it snows on moving day? I don't want my furniture to get wet and destroyed.
3: Well, that's not strange at all. We have the same concerns for your furniture. With over 9 million moves completed, our team is experienced to handle any weather conditions. Because we pad and stretch wrap your furniture before we put it on the truck, we'll make sure your belongings are safe and dry no matter what the forecast says.
1: Not sure how your move is going to work? Go to twomeninatruck.com for your free estimate. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC.
0: With Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Tomorrow's a big day for Illinois as it relates to this. Terrence Shannon Jr. will be making his first court appearance in the criminal trial as he's been charged with rape, uh, which is a felony, of course, and then also sexual battery has also been charged against him as far as what the prosecutor can try. Not expecting, and again, I'm, not, I'm no legal expert. This is just my understanding of the situation, um, feel free, if, if you're a lawyer out there, uh, hit us up, 217-359-2255. <laughs> Sal said
1: we are the law firm of Tay and Piper. Yeah, that's true. So, that that's sounds has got a good ring. I, I think so. I You'd think be our so. paralegal, Kyle. You're not a partner yet. You got some <laughs> things to do before you get your name on that wall.
0: <laughs> as far as I understand it, there will be a plea, guilty or not guilty, Right, 100% that it will be not guilty on Terrence's side. And anything beyond like setting the next court date and when the trial will officially begin, I don't know that anything more comes of this unless there's some... I, I don't even think there's an opportunity usually in these settings to present new evidence or, or anything like that as far as I what I've read on it and what I understand of it. So unless there's been something working behind the scenes, I don't think Terrence is going to... And I'm careful in, in like speculating on this because I really don't know right. all of this stuff. But as far as what I what I've heard, I don't think Terrence is in a position or, or wanting to come to any kind of you know plea deal to say, all right, I'll plea down to a, a misdemeanor because that would fall under if it was a the misdemeanor of sexual battery, then that would be a zero tolerance. You're right. He'd be out of Illinois. He'd have that on his record uh, for forever, I would imagine, and that'd be something that could really hurt him at the next level too. And so it's someone that has maintained that he believes that he is innocent. We'll hear his side of the story more so as this thing progresses, but I don't that will not happen tomorrow. And where it goes beyond that is is still to be determined in terms of the dates uh, and probably not going to be necessarily all that – expedient and that it won't be like, okay, see you next week and and we'll start the trial. It could be February, could be even later than that. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, that will be interesting just to see that happen and, and just get the ball rolling on that side of things. I do want to mention there was a subpoena that was filed on Terrence's side against or to the Kansas Bureau of Investigation who conducted the I guess, the, the medical exam or the, D, the DNA analysis and, and everything. So uh, they've subpoenaed to have whatever they have as far as that goes to be then in their possession. So uh, I guess, again, this is speculation, and this is me speaking as, as a non-expert on this. They would at least have that in terms of knowing what those results were if they don't already already. I don't know how much sharing they would have been because we're not in the discovery phase phase of the trial, uh, but it would be something that on the, the, the note of discovery that they could use in their their own argument or their own defense if it is something that you know his DNA was not found or it, it what you know that, that type of scenario. So uh, maybe we learn the results of that coming up pretty soon. It, they by the documentation of the subpoena, it was filed on the 12th and they stated that they have two weeks to respond to that so maybe by the end of the month uh, especially I would imagine if there is no the result is there's no DNA involved from Terrence Shannon then maybe his his legal team is screaming that from the rooftops and we know that publicly very very soon as that comes back to them but uh, in the meantime that's something that will be interesting to see play out over the next week, week and a half.
1: I'd be surprised if both parties aren't able to get those results. Does that make sense? I would be surprised that that would only go to the victim in this situation.s Or the DA, you mean. Like or the, 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 right. the prosecution. The prosecution, I'm sorry, and not the defense. I, I would be shocked that that, it, that has, to me, that, that could play a big part in this. I mean, if, if I'm Terrence Shannon's team of attorneys, and it comes back that there is no DNA found, then what do you have? You have no video. Assuming mm-hmm. that we understand, as we know right now, as yep. we know right now, there's no video of that happening. There's zero witnesses, at least to the side of her side, unless we don't know. Yes. A- again, there's stuff we don't un- we don't know. Maybe, but from what. Okay, I'm, I'm going to quit saying that. Like, everybody knows yeah, from right. what we don't know. So here's what I know. There's no witnesses. There's no video. And if it comes back that there's no DNA of Terrence Shannon, mm-hmm. then I would assume that the defense team of Terrence Shannon would, you you said it, screaming from the rooftop. I'd be screaming from, the like, an inch away from their ear. Yeah. Saying, right. get this figured out. There is You have nothing to stand on, and we need this taken care of immediately. So... I have an irresponsible talking point. The, a federal judge has looked at this like a week ago, right? Or it was like a week ago yesterday or today, You're tomorrow. talking about the
0: temporary restraining yeah. order that's been filed? Yes. Their hearing was Friday, so we're still waiting for a oh, ruling right. by her.
1: Yep. So this was brought up to me today. And again, possibly irresponsible talking point, but is there a chance that the federal judge is waiting for the hearing that was planned months, you know, a month ago for tomorrow to make a ruling to maybe they know something of this thing will be dropped or or they won't continue with the trial. The only thing is and here is where I don't have any knowledge of the attorney and the the law world. I would assume that that could happen at any day that something be dropped. I, I, I don't think it has to wait until January 18th right. when they're all in court and then they make the decision, hey, judge, we've decided to drop this case against Tara Shannon, we're moving on. Right. But the thought was, is the federal judge like with the idea that something could happen tomorrow and is just kind of waiting for that? to make that to make her assessment or her ruling if you will on this maybe maybe she has her ruling but she is thinking well we're right up against the the January 18th date why don't I at least wait for that to see if anything comes of it and then I will make my ruling versus the University of Illinois whether it's for or against Terrence Shannon playing so I, I again I don't know we're all speculating as you said but that's a thought I mean you know I know this takes time and I know that Terrence's team brought up a lot of different things in their in their I don't even know what you call that in in their like argument essentially mm-hmm. yeah. for this so I'm sure the judge the federal judge has a lot to go through and 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 maybe you a know a lot of
0: documentation especially right? in the TV from world we sides, find yep. out
1: in an hour right and <laughs> so this is life and so yeah a lot of documentation to go through a lot of other other cases that have to be studied here to make a uh, a, a very educated guess or not guess but decision on this so but it is one of those where we thought it would be done last friday and then all of a sudden it's a holiday and then it's like okay tuesday's come and gone now we're basically through wednesday nothing has been determined and then in my mind it's well tomorrow is supposed to be the the court date anyway so maybe the federal judge just says well i'm going to wait to see if anything is announced That anything comes, you know, a fruition tomorrow that could uh, that could alleviate me from having to make a decision. Does that make any sense?
0: I I I understand what you're saying. I think it's it's fair to to wonder that for sure. Uh, One thing I would say in terms of the the TRO, wouldn't you? Wouldn't need it if the charges are dropped, right? Because if they're dropped, then he's going to be
1: assuming just reinstated automatically so that's my thought is maybe she's maybe she has her ruling right now but she's like well i'm gonna wait one more day right to see if they're dropped and if they are i don't ever have to i don't ever have to because then it's a precedent you said it the other day whatever comes to her ruling especially if it's for shannon yes could make a big impact you or kyle said this could make a big impact forever right Kyle's pointing at you yeah. that you said it so it, it can make an impact forever in this in the sense that you will always have that situation that it, like I said in 10 years from now if this same thing pops up on the Santa Clara campus they can go back to the Shannon verse whatever versus Kansas Illinois, yeah. yeah or versus Illinois excuse me on that end in, situation so I, I don't know again that's probably very elementary trivial of what I'm saying but I just wonder if like this judge is like well I've got my ruling, but I'm going to let tomorrow play out real quick before I make a decision, and maybe I don't even have to. So I don't know, but maybe that's it's wishful. It's possible
0: thinking. again. I I don't know what the odds would be of of the charges being dropped tomorrow, and like you said, I ditto. It's my understanding that it that, that could have happened if if it was trending towards that, that maybe you wouldn't even need the the gathering in court for right? that to to be the resolution. I agree. I agree. Um, and again, I know a lot of people have have sat, sat here and and want and speculated on it, and it, it seems like this has been trending towards it's, it's going to trial. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I don't know what would prevent that from happening. On, on the note of like you were saying, with what we know right now, it's been distributed. the The video surveillance report has been publicized, and it's it's shown that whoever orchestrated that the detective or whoever went through the video said that they could not see the two together okay. um so th- assuming that that has continued to hold and there's no other conflicting evidence to that as far as hard video of right. it then you're not going to have that on your uh end if you're the prosecution uh witnesses i don't know that it's possible uh, as i think about it that the different hypotheticals could in the I just don't think we've seen the DA's full hand exactly, yet. So exactly. could that could there be a witness in there that right. led them to charge this, or in the meantime to build their case? And maybe there was. And I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe maybe there is. Maybe there's that. not. I yeah. don't know.
1: Maybe it took that because you know I, I I made the statement when this first came out that it's a scary thought that with no witnesses and no video that somebody could claim that I raped them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I but but that's a little irresponsible in the sense that I'm thinking of it from Terrence's side and I'm trying to be obviously fair to both sides here. So maybe in that sense, there is something I don't want to call it a bombshell, but it could be that, that we just don't understand from this side to where, it made the detective or it made Kansas police say, no, we are going to charge you because right. we know this. Yeah, and I, so. th-
0: I think that it is interesting. And again, not to say that it, it leads to something that is, is there that I don't know of, but the fact is, of course, this has been under investigation since late September. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Lawrence PD let that to be known to the UIPD and that they wanted to talk to Terrence and that he was a subject of a – investigation and and then they had the witness or I'm sorry the the victim testimony that was then I imagine that that came pretty immediate after her filing this this report but also I think it was October 5th was the date where the detective wrote out his report and said there is uh, there this is I guess adequate evidence at the time or reasonable doubt. I don't know the right legal term to then push forward with this, with these charges and whatnot. That was back on October fifth. It wasn't until December that they actually charged him with this. True. So, was there anything that happened between October and December that led to this becoming a charge and this being something that they're fully pursuing? So, again, there's a lot that still needs to be learned on this. I've said it before. We still got to hear what Terrence has to say. Uh, beyond just that he's innocent, what is his version of the story. I think right. it's gonna matter right. in terms of some of the the framing of, of people on the outside, but not that again, like he could say I never had any exchange with this this woman and he could say that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it didn't happen. He could say that we did have a an interaction and mm-hmm. he could even say that what I'm alleged to have done happened consensually and it right. doesn't mean that, you know, it, it that it was that it was rape. So uh, again, I, Good points. these are things that have to play out. It's delicate to talk about. It's, it's hard to, to be on this side of it without the information, but I do think the subpoena part of it's interesting. Yes. And that maybe within the next week and a half or two weeks that we will have some – we will know maybe alarm bells go off if, again, Terrence Shannon's team – finds out that there is no DNA then they want to let people know because the court of public opinion is very important Big time, right man. now I think as especially as the TRO is is still up for debate and I'd think that there will be a ruling on that before we get probably that DNA evidence back but then again there's no there's nothing that says it has to be right like, I know that the judge said there would be an expedient decision but we haven't seen it yet and there's no firm timeline of when it has to be ruled upon
1: I guess I've never I've never thought about that, but again, I would assume that the DNA results would be given to both sides of this argument. I mean, it doesn't seem, you would think it doesn't seem fair for, let's say the prosecution to get it and hold all the cards and then the defense team say, are you going to tell us about the DNA? I mean, I just, I feel like you can't withhold that. Right. So that's why it's, it's interesting. They're having a subpoena for, the results, that that's interesting to me, unless the prosecution is also subpoenaed, or subpoenaed, have, has also subpoenaed for the results as well. I just would appear that that would – I mean, that's just using my education. I would appear that both sides would have that. So, Kyle, I don't want you to have to get into this conversation with this, but what was that like to be home on break as a student at the U of I and to hear that news on Terrence Shannon, knowing that that's your best player, an All-American – that is being essentially removed from your team for possibly the entire season.
2: It was, I, I've said this to a couple people, it was probably the most shocked I've been at a piece of sports news in my life, just mm-hmm. because it's not injury or anything like that. it the, the nature of what it was, my view of who Terrence Shannon is, him being associated with something so serious, and then obviously the fact that he's suspended indefinitely from the team and december after he had 30 against missouri a couple of days before that and right like just the timing of it all and obviously the nature of it it was i couldn't believe it i had to like double check i the the first thing i saw was pipe's tweet on twitter and i was like wait a minute no way yeah, I, yeah you have to read it again yeah i'm like, like hold the, on a second hold on but i i just yeah i couldn't believe that and i had to double check and make sure what i was seeing was accurate but mm. i I don't know if I've been more surprised to see something than – that's fair, what I read on that day.
0: It was crazy because we were waiting for a time to come out for availability because we knew the day before a game, Brad would talk to the media, a player would talk to the media, oh. and there was nothing announced. It usually the, the day before at the very least, the night before, there was still nothing, and then it was like – I think Joey reached out to an Illini spokesman who said, nothing is set right now, check your email. And it wasn't long after that that an email came out and, and that was the announced news. And it was it was stunning for sure. Okay. So uh, one other thing I want to say. Do we
1: know what time the hearing is
0: tomorrow? I think I don't want to give the wrong time. So uh, well, I, should, we, I should look that up. Yeah, we'll
1: look that up. I apologize. I'm throwing you on the, under the bus, sir.
0: The last thing I want to say is that I know you know people might, as far as the subpoena and the DNA evidence, there's always been the thought of, The panel could reconvene that now this we're crossing lines here it's the the student misconduct panel that's here at illinois it's saying if there's there is a new development that they could then reconvene and maybe update their decision yeah um i know in their letter to terrence it pretty much explicitly stated that they were planning to wait till the conclude there was some kind of legal conclusion so what i what i'm getting at is Some might say, hey, what if the DNA comes back that his was not involved? What if then Terrence took that and submitted it to the misconduct committee and said, can you reconvene and see if you have a new ruling on my suspension? I think that that's within the realm of possibility. I'm not
1: saying that the panel would then change their mind. Let me tell you what they're not going to do. What's that? They're not going to change their mind. I don't think they would. Because they... (laughs) It would be, but no, I see what you're saying. Dangerous.
0: I don't mean to, for them. I think in terms of like right. making them look bad, they don't know. Again, I, I go back to and I think that they're thinking this as well. They don't know what is all sure in the hand of the
1: of the prosecution and the DA. No, that's a good point. That was. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean. No, to you're me. good. Because I, I just I, I have zero zero confidence that that and maybe rightfully so that that panel would ever change their mind unless they have concrete evidence. Yeah, I think it's just too much. It's too it's much. Too heavy. It's uh, yeah. Too serious. Yep. For for them to change their mind, but but no, it's it's interesting. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Terrence Shannon was very willing to go offer the DNA. Right? Is that what we had heard? I, or was he forced to do that. I know he cooperated. He was, or maybe willing, he just was cooperative.
0: Very willing to cooperate, as okay. it's been said by his legal team. But I, I don't know when this DNA evidence took place and, and what they're they're pulling from but yeah I, I don't know when it was taken
1: uh, in terms of his I side know. of you, it you so. just hear so often how DNA is the key to anything right I mean that's that's where we are now as a society stuff you could get away with 20 years ago you just don't now and so I would think and what I'm getting at is I would think that that would be such a integral and big part of this because you have no other witnesses that we know of mm-hmm. and you have no video Right. So there is literally a he said, she said going on right now. If, the, I'm again, coming from what we know and not understanding that the DA has some bombshell thing that we don't understand, and if you're in a he said, she said, what's the one area that could take everybody out of the equation is DNA. Correct. So I would think that yep. that would just be a huge moment in this, like it would be in a lot of cases, right. to where then either a jury or a judge could say okay there's not enough here to continue with this right so
2: is it possible when he was arrested is when they possibly yeah you would think right and it obviously wouldn't wouldn't have been a choice of his at that point right i assume
1: fingerprint obviously you're going to get the dna right when you get fingerprinted i would assume so or they'll just swab him Mm -hmm. so yeah interesting
0: there you have it. If you want to win, you can. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link Text Line. Next hour, Chip Carey, Brad Thompson. We caught up with them at Cardinals Caravan. Are they gonna come in?
1: I wish. Oh, the, oh, awesome. we got him on video. No, we got him we, on tape. Okay. We got
0: him on tape. Yep. You'll have to, to hear that coming up next hour. Stick with us. This is the drive.
3: Join the team with the Urbana Park District. Hiring in the job fair Thursday, February eighth, starting at five. Seasonal work, part-time work. Join the Urbana Park District crew between 5 and 6.30 Thursday, February 8th at the Phillips Recreation Center on Stoughton in Urbana. What a great fun side hustle with something new every day. Urbana Park District, you belong here. Learn more at urbanaparks.org.